This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Eno Sarah Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Will now joining us on A's Cast Live for his Friday appearance. It's the great Eno Saris brought to you by Fieldwork Brewing. Fieldwork Brewing, they can send beer right to your doorstep. And I'm starting to think, Eno, holiday time. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a great Christmas gift. You wonder, hey, what should I get them for Christmas? I'd say Fieldwork Brewing would be a great gift. Yep, yep. If anybody's looking for for a gift for me, <laughs> I'll take a box of fuel. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna be my secret Santa, you know which way I'm going. Uh, so <laughs> you're about to get on a plane and head to San Diego for Game Three. Yeah, that's right. My my father-in-law has uh, season tickets down there in San Diego, and he can't go tonight. So uh, I was going out to San Diego anyway. Changed my ticket to go a day earlier. So I'll be sitting in the stands. It'll be fun. Nice, nice. And, you know, these playoff games, uh, you, you know, it's like baseball from a standpoint of coverage has done a really good job, kind of in the model of like March Madness to where we're going to try and get a bunch of games on all day long. I don't care what the ratings are. We just want to saturate the market. So at some point you are viewing these games, then highlights of our games are being played. It's a kind of a different strategy, but I absolutely love it and think it's great for the game. What do you think? Yeah, I like those four day, uh, four baseball day games. You know, uh, you know the the uh, the way that it's worked out. Uh, they, there is a little bit of controversy with these extra rest days and certain teams getting extra rest days that other teams are not getting. I think the American League got extra rest days. Uh, I think that they'll actually refine it and be even better with this next year. We have to remember. And it seems so long ago, but there was a lockout, you know, this year. <laughs> it seems like it was three years ago. But, you know, because of that, the season started late and they have had to sort of squeeze together things. I expect there'd be more uh, four game days next postseason. And, you know, I, I, I want to say it's November 5th is game seven of the World Series if everything stays on track. But. You know, since a bunch of these teams don't have retractable roofs, uh, who knows? I mean, There's we're talking a lot about of rain November, in the south. November in New York. Yeah. I mean, who knows what it's going to be? I mean, weather, let's say Philly keeps going. I mean, you start talking about November, you could have snow. So uh, strap it in there. We could have more days off than we think or that are coming. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they have to have some off days baked in. Uh, you know, just to be able to change things around. Like today, we're seeing the Guardians at 10 a.m. because they couldn't play last night. Um, so thankfully, they have that flexibility. Yeah, normally you would never see the Yankees as the first game. 
I mean, it would never, ever, they would always be for us like a, a 535 start. For them, it would always be prime time. But you know what? It is what it is. And uh, as we're recording this, the Yankees are up two nothing in in game two. Saw something yesterday on Twitter. I thought was right up your alley. I know you've talked a lot to us, and we're trying to educate the fans of where baseball is going. And you've done a great job educating us on the Los Angeles Dodgers and all the PhDs that they have and really the science, I mean, real science that they are using to train their players and to prepare against other teams. And I saw this stuff on Twitter where you're talking about, you know, the days of everything's just, uh, we're going to go matchups. Well, he's left-handed. So we're going to bring him in to face a left-handed hitter and you're doing the splits and you're doing the matchups to where now you're taking a guy's style of pitching and going up against a guy's style of hitting and by style more as what's their bat path through the zone. Are they more up? Are they more flat, more level? So now we're using a different kind of way to evaluate matchups. It isn't just the traditional left on left, right on right. It could be right on. It could be, it could be right on left, left on right. It, it's it's your style, and you're basically the way you play. I don't know, would you call it your anatomy and how you play versus yeah. the other player? The anatomy and of your he, swing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. This is how this guy's body works. This is how that guy's body works, and it's not a good matchup. Yeah, we, you know, I think 1.0, we were like, hey, you know, this guy's three for 10 against that pitcher. And I think people quickly realized, oh, that's not very meaningful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what if he hits a homer now? What if, what if he's two for 10? And you're like, oh, he's bad against this pitcher. And then the third one is a homer. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's too much of a small sample size. So we went from that to larger matchups. We were like, oh, righty, righty, lefty, lefty, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and now we're trying to go even past that. And so we saw a glimpse of it from uh, Dave Roberts the other night when he said that uh, he br- he took out uh, Cody Bellinger um, to go to uh, Austin Hedges. No, Austin Reeves. Austin Barnes. Austin Barnes. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. There's I, I have a 30 team basketball league going. That's <laughs> it's messing my mind. Uh, so he, he went to Austin Barnes with uh with a different swing path that you know it's hater so it is lefty righty versus cody bellinger who's lefty lefty but there's also cody bellinger's extreme uppercut swing and austin barnes's flatter swing um, i saw another example of it that might be a little bit more along these lines the astros uh had abreu in the game brian abreu and he's a pretty nasty reliever for them he He'd thrown, he hadn't thrown too many pitches. He'd faced three guys. He's a righty. Ty France is coming up. He's a righty. You'd figure, here's a nasty reliever. Just uh, let him play against Ty France. And uh, the Astros brought in Rafael Montero, uh, another righty, but with totally different stuff uh, to face Ty France. And I think Ty France has that level swing. Um, and maybe they saw something about Montero's changeup and the sinker that they really liked. You know, righty, righty sinkers, uh, you know, in that might be something that a flat swing can't really hit. You know, you think about a righty righty sinker that dives down, uh, you know, a golf swing would hit that. Right. Uh, but a flat swing would swing over the top of that. So there's an example of taking one righty pitcher and replacing it with another righty pitcher where you think the shapes of the pitches uh, are a better matchup for you against the shape of that hitter swing. And I know that teams are doing this. They're modeling shapes and they're trying to think of this in a 3d space where the shape of the 
the, the batter swing and the shape of the pitch coming in, how they interact. Well, and it gets back to, I remember when we asked you, and I asked Dave Stewart about this, what the hell is Chris Bassett talking about when he says that some teams, and he said the Mets, have stuff that the A's don't to help players get better. I mean, this is kind of an example. I mean, there's only so many things you can do with a human being. I mean, there's only so many times we can take batting practice or go down to a bullpen and work on something, <laughs> right? So there's other ways to figure out matchups, and this would take a lot of money because somebody's got to study that. Somebody's got to know what they're looking at. Somebody's got to know how to study it, and somebody's got to know how to be able to present the data that someone like the manager can use to then implement on the field. This is going to take manpower. Manpower means extra salaries. And we all know if you work in business, we're now putting in retirement, health, yeah. all these different packages. There's, a, I mean, there's another aspect to it. Cheap. Yeah, there's another aspect to it beyond that is just it's so much data. If you are looking at uh, the raw Hawkeye feed, and Hawkeye is the tracking machine that's looking at everything that's happening on the field. If you use the raw feed of the data that it creates, you actually have to have supercomputers. You actually have to have really big computers that are really expensive to just bring it all in because it's a ton of data. You know that they track like if a piece of paper is floating through the, the through the, the the video screen, like that's in there. So like you know the umpires, the umpires when they're walking around, that's all in there. So like, yeah. you know, the raw data is just so much. If you think about it, just every second of a game, it's tracking everybody on the field. Um, and so you've actually seen what it looks like. No, but I, I've had to explain to me, like, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about it's like terabytes on the on the millisecond. It's it's so much data. And I just know that a lot of teams that don't have the computing power, like the A's, have decided we'll take up more of the pre-chewed data, you know? We'll take more of the stuff you can see on Savant. Like when I go and do research, I'm not I'm not tapping into the full feed. I go on Savant, yeah. I click a couple boxes, and I get what I want out of it. You know, so they're so, using. So let, let, the- let's break it. Let's break it down for the fans. So basically, we we developed and we get thrown Statcast at us all the time, right? Uh-huh. And so you go to Baseball Savant. And so every single time, let's just say uh, Ken Waldachuk throws a pitch, it's going to tell us spin, it's going to tell us vertical, it's going to tell us horizontal, it's going to tell us miles per hour, it's going to give us all these different things that where it was, it does all that. So that's all coming from, it used to be track, man, but baseball got in the business with Hawkeye. Hawkeye was first developed in sports for uh, tennis. And then baseball decided to use it. So all this data is coming in. How do you in real time or even like just after the game, do you have any idea? Like, I only want a little bit of this data. So how do I grab that out of the masses? Yeah, that's I mean, that's the thing. Like, I can't see Ken Waldachuk stuff in real time because I, I'm not I'm not on the, the I'm not on the fire hose, you know, that's coming through. And the problem is there have to make some adjustments like, you know, sometimes the camera's off or, you know, sometimes a piece of paper goes flying by when the ball's flying by. And all of a sudden it says that the pitch went like, 
you know, 500 feet in the air, you know? And so or, like, or, or that piece of paper was 92 miles an hour and they now want to scout it and sign it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so, uh, you know, at Statcast they do a really great job. I, the next day can go in and it's very clean and they've cleaned up any mistakes that would have been there. They've washed the data, quote unquote, it's, it's in a good, good, in a good spot. And, uh, and I can query it and I can figure out what I want, what I want to figure out. Teams that are have the direct fire hose are seeing this stuff in real time and they're doing the washing as it's coming in. They've found ways to kind of have algorithms that, oh, spot the out. Oh, that can't be right. That can't be right. Clean it up, clean it up, clean it up. Uh, and they're trying to do it uh, faster. So that requires a lot of computing power. It's very expensive. So, you know, the, the teams that have invested a lot in that computing power, they have an advantage. And they and the, the advantage that they have is they can break down. So right now we're starting to see some stuff come out from Savant, right? Where they're like, hey, we're going to do bat tracking. So they just came out with bat speed where that's independent of anything else, where it's just the speed of the bat going through the zone. And they they've washed that and they've they've done the research and they've they, they've created that stat. And so, the, you know, some teams will be able to access that stat. But if you were had direct access to the full Hawkeye feed, your team already had that stat. You know, you've already you've already had that for two, three years. By the way, I went over here to my supercomputer where I I track all the data on my special Ace Cast Live computer, and it says Cody Bellinger sucks. So that's what... <laughs> so you that's why you take him out. <laughs> like what? What? Guy was the MVP. We're talking about you're giving all this money to Mookie Betts. You're gonna have to have money for he can't. You know, he went from MVP to literally can't play anymore. Like, what happened? Yeah. You know, he has a hole in his swing about high in the zone. Um, but, you know, guys like Kyle Schwarber, you know, have fixed that. That sort of thing. He has a very similar swing to Kyle Schwarber. But I've talked to him and he, you know, like I talked to Kyle Schwarber the other day. And he said, you know, I chopping wood is not a good cue because that's something that they tell little leaguers to, like, you know, chop wood to get the bat to the to the zone faster. Uh, he's like, that's not a good cue for most major leaguers, but I have an extreme uppercut swing. So I tell myself chop wood and I get there faster. And it's good to, to that's a sort of a good cue for me to get high pitches. I've heard that exact same thing from Cody Bellinger. So, you know, Cody Bellinger has good coaches. He has a good team that knows what they're doing. And somehow he's not been able to cover this hole. And to me, he just looks super messed up. Like I, I, like I think he has like two or three different swings and he never knows when to use each one. And I think he needs he might need a fresh voice might need a fresh organization. I, I think it's still in there somewhere because he still has a pretty good eye at the plate and he can still hit for power. There's also the question of just how much that shoulder injury sap his power. All right. So good on defense the other night when he turned totally around on the, uh, Gretel who hit that Gretel was on the mound. He kind of went back turned back yeah, around. That was, and went, that, that was a super athletic catch. Not everybody, can't believe uh, he came you, up as a first baseman, though. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the versatility. If you can put him anywhere in the outfield, he can play first. I mean, if he was right-handed, he's so athletic, he'd be that guy that could play any position. That's right. Uh, that's right. Very, very impressive. Uh, one thing that is huge, and we knew it would be, especially at this time of the year, but how it's playing out is fascinating, is bullpens, especially in this series between the Padres and the Dodgers. The Padres' bullpen has been unhittable. I mean, they, they've given up, what, one hit or whatever it is? And then you look at how good the Dodgers have been. I mean, wh what do you think so far about bullpen usage? Yeah, there's an interesting thing there going on between the Padres and Dodgers. The Dodgers don't have a closer, really. 
uh, and they're just mixing and matching uh, to get there. Uh, they have two really good relievers in Evan Phillips and Alec Vesia. Those those guys are lefty righty. They're both probably top ten, top fifteen type relievers on the full season. Uh, but after that, you know, Gradwell throws hard, but you can make contact off him. And so, you know, uh, there is some question there. And then Chris Martin never walks a guy, but he's not that great. So really what they've done is take Alex Vesia and Evan Phillips to get the best batters out in the, in the seventh and eighth innings. And then they'll get the rest of the outs however they need to. You've seen something similar in Philadelphia where Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado are their best pitchers. They have Zach Eflin. They have some other guys. Uh, but they really need uh, those two guys to be to get most of their outs, and especially the outs against the best hitters. The Padres are are go a little bit more going it like normally, where Hater is the is the closer. But the reason that it's working for them is because of the secret genius of Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia, and uh, Pierce Johnson. Pierce Johnson is just an excellent curveball, and Luis Garcia and Robert Suarez throw 100 miles an hour from each side of. Uh, of the bull of the of the bullpen of the mound so you know they're really they're just really good and really deep so they can still use hater as a as an extra reliever but it is amazing to me that some of these bullpens were the best in baseball and you get to october and you're like this bullpen was one of the best in baseball they, they who do i trust i feel like the managers are looking at their bullpens being like i don't know if i trust anyone it's a, it's a long season we've been using our relievers really hard and that's what i see in october sometimes is yeah, they're all gassed and tired, and you're trying to get you know four outs from them in a playoff game. Well, I I said this year was the tipping point. Like no September call ups, yeah. no help. You're now running these guys hard for six months, six months, and now you're in the postseason. Now we're month seven. So as you mentioned earlier, lockout, quick spring, run them hard for six months. Who's healthy? Who's got some gas left? And now you're in that last month. I mean, that's I, I don't know what I don't know in the end what the verdict will be. But as you said, I mean, guys are out of gas. So and I think every single time I see a manager goes out there in the third or fourth inning to take their pitcher out, I go, oh, boy, this is going to be three and a half to four hours. And who the hell knows from here? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we used to have it where, you know, the, the stars went six and you had to get three from the bullpen. Now it's four and a half and four and a half. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just getting harder on those relievers. And, you know, we, how many times have you seen like the, you know, the, in, the guardians today, when they get to the end of this game, are they going to try and get six outs from Emmanuel Classe? you know? Uh, and, <laughs> and like, how's that going to feel for class a after, after a long season of pitching? So, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing that we used to hear laughing, but you know, somebody like hater or somebody's going to get six outs. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez the other day got six outs for the Phillies. I mean, he did it in 18 pitches, so he was pretty efficient, but we're asking a lot of relievers and there is going to be, you know, there is going to be some consequences to that. Well, and, and you just look at how these bullpens, I mean, you can go around the league and how these guys, how you found these guys how you sign these guys. You mentioned Suarez is an interesting story. I mean, there's all the kinds of guys. This guy was DFA'd here. This guy wasn't given a chance. To, I mean, these. It, there's no rhyme or reason how you build your bullpen, let alone to be successful in the regular season to where you are now. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I have that stuff number 
people are trying to uh, find value, you know, on waiver claims. Evan Phillips for the Dodgers, they're probably their best reliever was a was a waiver claim from the Rays. And I know of an analyst and another team that has like a stuff number like I do, who said that he really wanted Evan Phillips and he was really mad that the Dodgers claimed him. So, you know, there is this sort of like rabid, you know, ooh, who's DFA'd, who's going on? And, and part of that, I think, is getting fresh arms because you might be able to get a guy who's DFA'd, keep him in the minors, keep his pitch count low, and then he's fresher in the, in the, in the postseason. That's definitely something the Rays do. If you look at the Rays acquisitions, they are always releasing relievers, picking them up, and that's one way they got around this whole option thing where you had a limit on how many, how many times you could option a guy to the minor leagues. Uh, this year, the Rays were like, okay, fine, we'll just DFA him and get another one. That's amazing. Even if I like a guy, I'm just going to DFA and get another one. Yeah. It's like fast It's like fast food. Ah, I just throw that out, and now I'm going to Jack in a Box. I'll get another one. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're a little mad that they lost Evan Phillips, but they how many guys have they picked up? Jason Adam, I think, was you know one of their best relievers at the end of the season. He was, I think, a, a waiver pickup. So they're just like, we can find the next one. Don't worry about it. So the whole Joe Musgrove controversy, the shiny ears. <laughs> We brought out on this show. I went to. I went into my trunk because, of course, I have sunscreen for for golf. I went and got my sunscreen. I got the. I have the spray and the lotion. And we and then we're like, and I was thinking about you. I don't know if you saw night after the game when they were breaking it down on MLB Tonight when they're going the spin on the curveball and they're going over the the revolution of the ball. Like, we're talking like one more. Yeah. What were you making of? I mean, how big of a deal was this Joe Musgrove? I mean, because you got you got a lot of data with Musgrove because you got first half, second half, last four starts, this start. He's kind of the, these 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 numbers, especially the spin rates are all over the board for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's really important that I, that's sort of where I start is, you know, we had enforcement and there were a lot of pitchers that dropped precipitously and have come back since then, you know? To me, that's kind of a red flag. You see, oh, this guy dropped 200, 300 RPM and now he's back up 200. Like that's, okay, he figured something out, right? It's pretty obvious. We see it. He never dropped after the, you know, after the enforcement. So you could say he just kept cheating. It's possible, but we have an established baseline that survived through enforcement. So that's one thing. Then another thing is spin rates go up and down from start to start. There are there are normal variations in spin. Uh, another thing is spin rate goes up with velocity. So Joe Musgrove was throwing harder in that game. Yeah, it's a playoff game. It's one of the it's the biggest playoff game of his life. You know, like yeah. he's going to be throwing harder. Pumped up. Spin rates go up with velo. So if you look at all of that, if you adjust for his velo, there was nothing weird about his four seam. It was absolutely right in line with the rest of his starts that year. There was, I can say pretty confidently, there was nothing strange about his four seam. Now his slider. The slider was up more 200. Like 100 on a, on a four seam, I don't even think about that. 100 RPM, that's just up and down. His slider was up like 250 almost. That's like, that gets your attention a little bit. But now you have to assume, A, he cheated only on a slider, which is tough to do because you could be tipping, right? If you cheat a certain way only on one pitch, he also threw the slider less than he normally does. So you're going to cheat on a pitch, one pitch, and not throw it very much? That's weird. Uh, and then the yeah. third thing is sliders uh, are more volatile. So they're the standard deviation, the, 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 the changes that they see in spin from game to game are higher. 
breaking ball spin is more volatile. So, uh, you know, I put all that together and I say, you can't prove a negative. I can't prove that he didn't do it, but, uh, Oh, looks like my lift is arriving soon. Uh, I can't prove that he didn't do it, but I can, I could say that I lean towards, he didn't do it. You know, the, the, right. the pattern isn't there. You got to get out of here. I got, I got a lift. Yep. Yeah. You got to go to a playoff game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> go enjoy, enjoy that. Uh, enjoy the stay down in San Diego. And we will talk to you next week, my friend. That's right. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.